The name of my message today is, You're Here, Now What? You're here, now what? Now what? But you are here. Aren't you? You're here. All right, I hear you. Luke 6, verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man who was there, whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. That's Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. This is also found in Matthew 12, verses 9 through 13, and Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Here we have Jesus in the synagogue on the Sabbath, so he was, back then it was the Jewish Sabbath, which was on Friday evening to Saturday, Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and you see, anytime he had the opportunity on the Sabbath day, he was in the synagogue. That's what he did. He's Lord of the Sabbath. He didn't have to go, but he did. Let me ask you a question. Why are you here today? My wife is right, you know. When you just get real about things, real things happen. Why are you here today? Think about it for a second. Are you here because of guilt? Are you here because someone invited you? Did you come here to meet your future wife or husband? All right, take a look to the right and left. Do you see anybody who qualifies? <laughs> it's, or is it because it's Sunday and you're supposed to be here, so you just do it out of habit? Or you haven't been to church in a while and you thought it might be a good week to come back. Welcome home. Or you're searching for something. And maybe that something is here. Maybe that thing you're searching for is God. I'm going to finish it with this. Whatever the reason, it's good that you're here. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here today. And so is God. Because it's for you. Sometimes we forget. We think we're coming to church for somebody, or we think we're coming to church for God. Right before this healing, Jesus taught that the Sabbath, the set-apart day, is for us. You know, when God created the earth in six days, the seventh day, he made a day of rest, the Sabbath. A lot of people say, well, the Sabbath is for the Jews. No, he, 
There was a Sabbath before there was even the word Jew. Right from creation. And that's why it says Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Why? Because Jesus was there. All things were created through him and by him. He is Lord of the Sabbath. And if he says that it's for you, then it's for you. See, many people go to church thinking they're doing somebody a favor or they're doing God a favor. God set this up to bless you, to bless us. This is his doing. Amen? <laughs> but, you know, there's this new thing, or I don't know if it's new, but, you know, these, these people that, you know, they say, well, I don't have to go to church. I can have church at home alone. <laughs> really? Is that, is that how, when Jesus said on this rock I should build my church, is that what he meant when he said that? For you to stay home and have church by yourself? You know what happens when you preach to yourself? You believe everything you say. <laughs> the worship's always great because you're singing and you think you can sing. But even in Exodus, it talks about a holy convocation of getting together and hearing the word. And if the church wasn't for today, then why wouldn't Jesus went to the synagogue and say, listen, everybody, you don't have to come here. You can go home and meet with yourself. No, he went to church. But yet there are people that call themselves Christians that might be watching on the webcast. I still love you. that have convinced themselves that they don't need to go to church. The real reason they don't go is because they've been hurt and they've been putting their trust in people instead of their trust in God. And they must have thought they were doing God a favor by coming. Because the worst thing you can do when you... Get to a place where you need healing, where you need peace, where you need joy, where you need blessing, that you don't come to church because church is the place that God has established to get things to you. That's why when it was Sabbath day, Jesus was in the synagogue. You know, we just got back from Alaska, and you guys had a lot of fun with that last week. Saying, why would we go to Alaska? How did Pastor Alicia agree to go to Alaska? Because you know what? There's no beach in Alaska. Actually, I found a beach. It was next to a glacier. Now, me, I'm all excited because I'm going to Alaska. I want to get away from the beach for just one vacation. So guess what happens? It's 80-something degrees in Alaska every day. It was sunny every day. We got to Mount McKinley, which is... From the base to the top, the tallest mountain in the world. And we saw it perfectly clear. You know what they told us? It's been a month since they've seen the top of that mountain. It goes for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time where you can't see. So we get there. It's a perfectly sunny day. She's out there in the porch. Uh, taking it rays in Alaska. I'm taking off my jackets. <laughs> I want it to be cold. And it's a perfectly sunny day, and, and somebody goes, man, they haven't seen this peak 
in three and a half weeks. And I said, that's because Alicia's sunny Monday wasn't here. <laughs> I am telling you, every day the weather was perfect. I wanted storms, maybe some blizzards, snow. It was hotter in Alaska than it was in New Jersey. But here's the point I want to make about the people that isolate themselves and stay out of the place that God wants to bless them. They stay home. We heard countless story after story. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here like animals? You really love animals almost more than people. How many of you like, like dogs better than you like people? Go ahead, be honest. Look at, look at them all, sinners. The only reason you like dogs better is because they're always glad when you come home. And whether you feed them or not, they still come to you. That's why some husbands come home and their dog's nicer to them than their wife is. But there are people that like animals more than they like people. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're off. You're off. <laughs> you need to repent right now. So there was, you know, there are people, and, and where do you go when you want to leave society? You go to Alaska. Because guess what's in Alaska? Nothing. We went into uh, Denali Park. I, they said it was, Alaska's like one-third the size of the United States. So there's this big park, and, you know, there are different people that, you know, made it well known that they didn't like people. I don't like people. I don't like society. I don't ever want to see a person again. So they get rid of their mirrors, too, so they don't have to see themselves. I want to see no people. And they go to Alaska. And they say, I'm going to go live off the land with the animals. You know what happens to every one of them? They meet the grizzly bear. <laughs> he likes people. <laughs> he likes to eat people. <laughs> story after story of that. And I will tell you, if you stay away from what God has set up to bless you, You'll wither, away and, you'll wither away and die as well. I'm just telling you the truth. This is the truth. Jesus said in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man. Look at the person next to you and say, church is for you. That will clear up a lot of things. Do you know that? It's God's blessing for us. Let's, continue, let's look at the scriptures now in Luke chapter 6, verse 6. It says, it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So it happened on the Sabbath, which then was Friday night to Saturday, which now is when? When is the Sabbath day now? Well, we believe it's Sunday. Amen? Because Sunday was the day that the Holy Spirit came upon mankind because Sunday was the day they first took up an offering for missionaries because Sunday was the day the disciples would come together and break bread because Sunday is the day that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. So some tells me that something's important about Sunday. And to be together with other believers on Sunday, a place well, remember, they had a tabernacle in the wilderness, and remember, there was a temple, and remember, there were synagogues. Now there's churches, all set up by God 
for us. But look here, it says something happened on the Sabbath. Listen, something can happen for you here today. How many of you got saved in church on a Sunday? Raise your hand right now. You raised your hand and got saved on a Sunday. Amen. People cross over from death to life on a Sunday. People's lives are changed for eternity on a Sunday. Things happen on Sunday. Keep that scripture up, please. There are things happening here today for you. Worship was for you. I know you thought it was for the worship team, and then we go, yeah, great job. <laughs> that worship was for you. Don't miss it. That's why I get here on time. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about you people that walk in during the worship, nothing. As long as you get here for my message, I'm not too mad at you. But listen, <laughs> be here for the worship. It's for you. Be here for the Sunday school classes. Be here, get your kids in the children's class. It's for them. It's for us. The prayer is for us. The worship is for us. The teaching. He entered and he taught. The teaching is for us. Amen? It's for the man with the withered hand. What if he hadn't gone to church that day? His hand might still be withered. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Listen, my life has been changed by numerous times being in a church service, putting my watch in an offering when I didn't have any money left, and then getting the greatest job blessing I've ever had. Having a prophecy spoken over me and a year later starting a church. Listen to me. This is for you. This is for you. God does it for us to bless us. So verse 7, it says this. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. Now check this out. So they come, and they're most likely sitting in the first two rows, nothing against you guys. But it says they were watching. And then if you look at this same thing in Matthew, it says, behold, there was a man with a withered head. Now whenever you see in the scriptures where it says, behold, God's getting your attention. Like, check this out. But he didn't say, check this out, there's important leaders here. He didn't say, check this out, the president or the mayor or the governor's here or the pastor, the visiting pastor or evangelist is here. He said, look, the man with the withered hand is here. You see, because God wants to meet people that have a need. He's excited about someone that comes to church that needs him. He came for the sick, amen? Behold, a person with a broken marriage is here. Behold, a person who's depressed is here. Behold, a person who doesn't think they have a future is here. Behold, a single person that's looking for a, a mate to get married to, God bless their soul, is here. 
behold. So he was excited about that. But he wasn't so excited about the people that were just watching. Waiting for him to do something. Because those people trust in people. You know, if you come to church and look for a bad note from the worship team, you'll find it. If you come to church and expect like all four songs that they sing, trust me, you won't. <laughs> if you come to church expecting the pastor to dress perfectly, you might get it. But if you come to church, if you come to church thinking that everything that's said from the pulpit, you're going to be like, amen, hallelujah, forget it. But people do, they come to look and they come to judge. So we just went to Alaska, right? How many of you have ever, ever gone on vacation somewhere? And if you haven't, get your butt out of here and go on vacation right at the service. Everybody needs a vacation. It's very important. You don't have a lot, need a lot of money to do it. Just get the heck out of here. Amen. When we had our six kids and I didn't have any money, you know what I did? I put the kids in the car. I drove around for like three hours and went to a hotel on Route 1. They thought they were in Florida. <laughs> you know that Ruby Tuesdays down on Route 1? You know what that is, that hotel there? That's where I took them. I live right here. I rode around like this. I was like, look, man, where? I'm lost. <laughs> Pulled into that hotel by Ruby Tuesdays. Six kids, right? My two twins, we all go in the pool downstairs. My son pukes in the, in the pool, so the pool got shut down. It goes half on vacation. All eight of us stayed in one room. We had kids in the dresser drawers, I'm telling you. And then we said, we're going out to eat. We're going out. Out somewhere. We walked out of the hotel and went to the Ruby Tuesdays right there. Got the all you can eat and shared it with everybody. I'm, I'm serious. Then I said, Tomorrow we're going to this big amusement park. Great adventure. <laughs> Took like three hours to get there. Just woo! There it is! It's Wally World, you know? And we went there and they were like, wow, mom and dad, this is so great. <laughs> they know now. Anyway, we go on vacation, right? If you've gone on vacation, they tell you about something called an excursion, right? How many of you? No, what an excursion is. You know what I call it? An extortion, okay? I've renamed it. Here, here, give me $200. Now go around that mountain without a compass and see if you can get back here. Give me a scooter or something. How about a, a, a golf uh, cart or something? I got to pay you to walk around? Oh, my gosh. We did all these different excursions, man. It was more expensive than the whole vacation. I named them extortions now. And one of them was called whale watching. How many of you have ever gone whale watching? <laughs> oh, let's get out on this little motorboat, go to watch whales. People got their binoculars and I'm like, yeah, whales. We get out there in the middle of the water. I'm like, where's the darn whales? <laughs> oh, you see that spout over there? Psst. I go, I can see that in the backyard with my sprinklers on. What are you talking about? So you see like, psh, psh. we'll get closer to that whale. Let's go. 
they get closer to the whale, right? And here's what you see. The little back of the whale just going through. Like just above the water, like a little back of the whale. I'm like, that's it? They're like, no, no. The leader of the scourge goes, no, we're going to get some tail. I go, I'm on the wrong cruise. I'm sorry, man. I'm definitely on the wrong cruise. This is not the, this is not the right extortion excursion. We're going for tail. I'm like, you're going for what? What? No. That's what they say. I'm not kidding. So the whale goes through, and then I figured out the whale goes through like this, and then the tail comes up like this. And everybody's like, look the tail! Snap a picture, look at the tail! I'm like, you're getting excited about a whale's tail? I want to see whale's eyeballs, I want to see blubber, I want to see Jonah in the whale, I want to see the whale spit Jonah out, I want to see some real whale stuff. I want whales jumping up, and I want whales jumping that way. It's the truth. Then I had to pay $200 to go on a hike. I can go on a hike right over here. And you know what they do on this hike? Everybody's looking at berries. And halfway through the thing, the guy goes, don't eat those berries, they're poison. I'm like, my wife just served me a cup of them dang berries. No, but you know, like they have these berries. And then people are, people are into fungus. Did you ever hear is this thing called lichen? How many of you have ever heard of something called lichen? Raise your hand. You people, bang, scare me. You just aren't scare me. It's just this little wiggly stuff that comes out of a tree. It looks disgusting. I'm not liking the lichen. Give me my money back. I can find fungus in my backyard. It's unbelievable. But people really like this stuff. How many of you like that stuff? If you, be honest, you do. You like fungus, you like whales, tails. Anybody? You like trees, you like looking at different leaves. They all look the same to me. A bird comes by, everybody's like, oh, get the binoculars out. There goes a bird. I go, I see birds all the time. That's a pigeon from New York. He's sick of his place, he's going back home. <laughs> But people are like, they, they're watching, watch. I think we should get everybody in church binoculars. You can watch <laughs> what's going on up there. Oh, look at Todd's fingers all on the base. Why is there yellow on the tips of his fingers? Does he smoke? What's going on here? What are... <laughs> I'm here all week. Now listen. Somebody asked me at the first service, do you have this stuff scripted? I'm like, heck no. Who would write this stuff down and come to church and talk about it? It's just crazy. The point is, is they were watching and just watching people and just taking their little, like, oh, let's see what they're going to do wrong today. Oh, I want to accuse Jesus. Meanwhile, there's a guy that really needs help right there in the middle of everything. And that's how it is in church a lot, you know. As leaders, the best thing we can do sometimes is shut our mouths and get out of the way. Start with me. <laughs> like, let it just shut, zip it. Well, not now, I'm going to preach, but zip it and let God do what he has to do. And that's what we're going to do in a moment. Let's finish reading Luke. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had a withered hand, arise and stand here. He arose and stood. 
Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy? And when he looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. I have highlighted to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy. Why did God set up this church? Why did God set up the Sabbath? Is it to do good or to do evil? God doesn't do evil. I, I think we sang a song today. What is it? You are good, what? All the time. And all the time you are good. John 10.10 should be one of your favorite scriptures. It says that the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. This is Jesus' words, his own words. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. How many of you will take that? Rich and satisfying life. Amen. A rich and satisfying life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. I'm so glad that God knows the plan. I'm so glad that God knows what he's doing. He spoke to this to a people that were in captivity. He said, look, I know the plans I got for you. And they're for good and not evil. And they're for a future for you and a hope for you. Do you know where a little bit of hope, you can have a good future? Just trusting him. Take that from someone who for half of his life had no hope until he met Jesus and to start walking in God's plan for him. And now I'm living a rich and satisfying life. And I will continue to until I spend eternity with him and then I'll even live an even more rich and more satisfying life. I got news for you. God doesn't love me any more than he loves you. He doesn't love you any more than he loves me. He just loves us. You're here today for something good. And it says, but it says in verse 8, he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. The word withered there in the Greek means to make dry, to dry up, to become dry, to be dry, to waste away. So many people... Their lives are just wasting away. There's areas of their life that is dry. Maybe your marriage is dry. Maybe your spirit's dry. Maybe your hope is dry. Maybe you're dry when it comes to having hope for your kids. Maybe you're dry when you think, you know what? I'll probably be single forever. I'll never have a family. Maybe you're dry because you think you'll never make it financially. Or maybe you're dry because... You're physically sick, or you have something that just seems like it'll never go away. Or maybe you're just dry because you keep telling yourself, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm here to tell you that his cup never runs dry. He can fill you up with all he has, and you can be all that you can be, because he knows the plan. He said to the man in verse 9, and I'm going to ask the whole worship team to come up here right now. He says to the man in verse 9, arise and stand here. 
arise and stand here. And if you look at the story, if you look at the passages in the other Gospels, it says he literally says, arise and stand here in front of everybody. So we got people, religious people, looking for something wrong. And it says literally that he looked at every one of them face to face, each one of them. And he was actually angry, it says. Why? Because it's obvious. You're worried about whether we're doing it the right way. You're worried about what day it is or what laws are. There's a man with a withered hand here, and God wants to heal him. So he looked at them, but he spoke to the man. He looked at them, but he spoke to the man. And the man heard his voice, and the man obeyed. And this is what the Lord said to me as I was meditating on this. He said, fear and doubt reasons. Faith does. Fear and doubt reasons. Faith does. Now, there's people that decided that they could have church at home today because they're living in fear and doubt, and they're reasoning about church. But there are people that just came because they did. They just did. They didn't know exactly what they were going to come across. They didn't know exactly what that was going to happen. But they came anyway because faith does. Faith expects. Faith believes. And when the voice of the Lord is spoken, faith acts. Because fear and doubt thinks too much. Fear and doubt have kept many a hand withered. But faith has brought life to many a hand. You know, when your hand is withered, it's because there's no blood flow. <laughs> and people that don't have Jesus are withered by sin. They're dried up. They've tried everything. But the Bible says life is in the blood. And that blood is the blood of Jesus that covers our sin. And we put our faith and trust in him. That withered hand comes to life. That withered heart, that withered spirit comes to life. And how do we do it? Faith does. Faith says a prayer. Faith trusts what Jesus did on the cross. So I want you to bow your heads with me right now. And I want to ask you a question. If you died tonight, are you 100% sure that you would spend eternity in heaven? If not, say this prayer, believe it, receive it, give your heart to the Lord so you can live forever with him for eternity. Because every one of us will die someday. We will face him. Are we ready? So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. His blood, His blood brings me back to life. Back to life. I've made mistakes, God. Made 
but I receive the sacrifice of Jesus. You raised him from the dead. Raised me today to a new life. I accept it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed right now. You said that prayer. You meant it. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's no one looking right now. I want you to raise your hand so I can see it. Raise your hand if you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Is there anyone else? Okay. Those of you that raise your hand, stand to your feet right now. Go ahead. Don't be shy. Do it. Faith just does. Stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now walk to the front. I want to pray for you. Come on. Don't worry about anybody. Faith just does. Come on. Come on. This is for you. <laughs> Would everybody in agree be in agreement with me as I pray over these people? Just stay right here. You could just face me. Could everybody just be in agreement with me as we pray over them and for the decision that they made today? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for these wonderful people. This service was for them, God. We thank you for the decision they've made. Thank you, Lord, that their lives will be totally changed from this day forward. You will show yourself to them in a powerful way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to bring you to the room here and pray for you, and then we're going to let you go. Listen, everybody else, I want you to just, I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want you to just bow your heads for one second. All right, can, can, we, can, can we get real? Can I get real with you? I know what it is to be dry. I know what it is to be withered. At 27 years old, I got saved. I was a high school dropout, a drug addict. I had spent time in Rikers Island, different jails. My family was shot. I was going to take my own life. And then I met Jesus at 2 o'clock in the morning. After not having eaten or slept for four days, I met Jesus. And then somehow I had to, I, I thought, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to go? And I heard that fear and doubt will get me nowhere. Faith just does. So I went to downtown Manhattan and walked into an appointment agency. After praying and crying before I went in there and I said, I need a job, please. They gave me the lowest job there is, but I took it. And from that day forward, God raised me up till I retired as a senior VP of a $27 billion company seven years ago. Me, high school dropout, drug dealing, and during that same time, made me the founder and pastor of this church. Listen to me. Faith just does. And then God will do. And here's what he will do. He said to the man with the withered hand, 
open your hand stretch forth your hand stretch forth my hand my hands withered go get a job I'm a dropout no do it and you know what he does he empowers you to do what you couldn't do but the first thing you need to do is acknowledge that you even need him are you withered right now physically is your body just withering away on you causing you pain are you withering away financially you feel like I'm never gonna get ahead are you withering away in your career you feel like there's no hope to do better are you withering away in your spirit in your heart where you just feel like you don't know where to turn are you withering away in your marriage or in your relationships and you just feel like nothing can change this you know what Jesus would stay to say to you right now what I'm gonna say to you right now Stand up here. Stand up here in the midst. And then God will do something for you in His church on His day. It was in a service like this that my life was totally changed. It was the it was in a place of my lowest that he took that he said to me he said he said Joe you can do whatever you whatever you want to do if you'll just put your faith in me you can be successful you can be a father you can be a husband you can live he said because I love you but he said you're gonna have to stand up and you're gonna have to get real and you're gonna have to say and let everybody know that you need me and why did he do it because he wants everybody to know when they see you weeks months years down the road totally transformed people will say how did that happen and you'll say it was God <laughs> listen to me <laughs> he told the man to stretch forth it's time to stretch your faith it's time to believe that there's more to this than what has happened so far in your life it's time to believe that there's no limits on what God can do for you there's no boundaries on what he can do for you that you see increase all around you it's time to stretch, stretch.
stretch stretch that faith if you're ready to stretch your faith get out of your chair and come up here right now if you're ready to see increase in your life get up out of your seat and stand here before God We're going to pray for you, but I want you to worship because it's for you. And I want you to stretch your faith. <laughs> I want you to see no limits in your life. I want you to see no boundaries in your life. But I want you to see increase all around you. Because God is a God of increase. He's a God of expansion. He's a God of life. And that more, I said more, I said more abundantly.